Hey yo, Cali Green Monster Show. Sports. It's Friday. Stuff. And guess what? Yeah. Hey, Nate Diaz, you're fighting on Saturday night. Welcome into another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, and I'm coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a feel-good Friday, June 11th, 2021, and I've got an excellent show lined up for you guys, as always. Yes, you heard that correctly in the introduction. I always talk to my boy Nate Diaz, give him a little shout-out before we start the show. And he is indeed fighting tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is UFC 263, headlined by Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. So, and Nate Diaz is going to be fighting Leon Edwards on that card. And then in addition, we're going to have another title fight. It's the rematch between Davis and Figueredo between, and Brandon Moreno. That's for the flyweight 125 title. So I'll be talking all about the UFC. But before I do that, for all you soccer fans and even people who don't like soccer, we got a big tournament kicking off today. You know, I feel like most people will only pay attention to soccer every four years when the World Cup comes along. You know, there's something about tournaments and especially tournaments with people representing their international teams. And I feel like you know, you don't have to wait every four years because, you know, in between World Cups, Europe decides to throw basically the second best international soccer tournament around. It's the Euro Cup. And for those of you that might be wondering, Euro Cup, what is that? Quick, easy summary of it is it's mini World Cup in just European teams. So it's going to be hosted by 11 host countries in 11 different cities. So this is different from the normal. Usually it's a host city that hosts all or a host country that has multiple cities around the country that are hosting the tournament. But this time, I guess it's the 60th anniversary of the tournament. So that's kind of, it's kind of a one-off you know, so it's kind of like a celebration. So I think that for future Euro Cups, it's going to go back to just a host country with multiple cities from that country hosting. You'll notice when watching the games and seeing all the logos, it still says Euro 2020. And that's because the Euro Cup was supposed to happen last summer. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic, that just wasn't a possibility. So, and you figure they've already made all the logos. They've already made all the brochures, the t-shirts, and they're not just going to throw all those away. So we're going to party like it's 2020 this summer when watching the Euro Cup. So there's 24 teams. So 24 teams are going to get spread out across six groups. So it's six groups of four. And so the way that it's going to be is that each group there's going to eat, they're going to play a game against each other. So it's three games during group play. And the way that teams move on to the knockout stages is you'll have the group winner and the runner up that automatically move on to the next. And then you have the four best third place teams. So you have six groups and it'll be the four best of the third place finishers from each group. And the way that the, the four best th third place teams are going to be determined is first by points. And if there's a tie by points, it'll go by goal differential. 
So, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of teams in this tournament. And, you know, if you're someone of European descent or from Europe, you know, there's a good chance that one of your, you know, that your country is being represented in this tournament. And, you know, there's definitely some interesting groups, you know, when going through and, you know, kind of highlighting this tournament and, you know, kind of previewing who we're going to think is going to win. You know, there's definitely a group of death in this tournament and we'll get to it when we do get to it. The tournament kicks off today at noon Pacific time, you know, Pacific American time. It's going to be Italy and Turkey. They're going to be kicking off in Rome. So, you know, that's only one game today. And I think the rest of the tournament, you know, start 6 a.m. Pacific times tomorrow. So, you know, a slate of three games a day, you know, for at least the next couple weeks while we work our way through the group stages. So group A consists of Italy, Switzerland, Turkey and Wales. And, you know, from reading up on all these teams, that's going to be a very kind of low-scoring group. These teams kind of really pride themselves on the defense. Italy hasn't given up a goal in like five or so competitive matches, and they're definitely probably the most stacked roster of the group. Not, I mean, not it's it's without a doubt they are the most stacked you know roster, you know. So they got a great defense. So I definitely believe Italy will will come out tops in that group. And then if you look at Wales, I feel like they probably got the best player in the group. You know, Gareth Bale, he's someone that I think, I feel like his stock had went down when he went to Real Madrid and he fell out of favor with Zinedine Zidane But when he was the coach. But I feel like he really had a resurgent season in Tottenham. And if you look at how he did in the European qualifiers, he scored a goal in every single game for Wales during their group stage matches. So, you know, Gareth Bale, I feel like he, you know, if he can be turned on for this tournament and, you know, I think that Wales could, you know, just with him can probably eke out a second place finish in this group, you know, and I feel like Switzerland, you know, I think their defense has been tighter. If you look at Turkey, they've given up, I think like four goals in the past five games. And when you compare it to the rest of the teams in the groups, it, they're just not as tight defensively. So if I had to, you know, make the pick, I would pick Switzerland's probably as the third place team in that group. Looking over at group B, Belgium has to be arguably the biggest favorite, even if uh, De Bruyne might not be playing, you know, in the Champions League final against against Chelsea, he busts up his face and I think he cracked an orbital bone. So he might not be, I don't know how much we're going to get of Kevin De Bruyne, but it's probably not going to matter. You know, they have Romelu Lukaku at striker and he got, I think, 30 goals across all competitions for Inter Milan this season. So, you know, I think Belgium is probably the heavy favorite to win the group. You know, Russia, I think, is sneaky good. You know, they did in their qualifications. I think they finished second in their group in qualifications. But, you know, I still think that's not going to be able to match up with Belgium. You know, Finland, I think this is their first appearance in a major tournament and it's you know euro cup expanding the field to 24 teams you know i think it was only maybe 16 teams prior but i'd have to double check on that but them expanding the field has allowed finland to get in but i don't think that they match up to the other three teams in the group so i have denmark getting third in group b so we move on to group c and i think this is definitely one of the most wide open groups of it you know i feel like the you know when you look 
you would have to probably put Netherlands as the favorite, you know, but even though they have a stacked roster or, you know, a lot of guys that are playing on a lot of really good club teams around the world, they haven't had the most international success. Like I think they didn't even qualify for the last World Cup or the previous Euro Cup. So, you know, they're definitely international appearances have left a lot to be desired, but I still think that they're the best team in the group. You know, you look at North Macedonia, and I think that there's a lot of people that probably didn't even realize that North Macedonia was a country or didn't realize that Macedonia was a thing since Alexander the Great, but they actually have a pretty decent soccer team. You know, if you know, a few years back during the qualifications for this Euro Cup, they shocked Germany and, and took a win. I think they won two to one. So North Macedonia, I think that they have the capability to, you know, do pretty decent in this group. So I'm picking them to finish second in the group, followed by Austria doing third and Ukraine at four. You know, we look at Group D, and I think that it's easy to look at England and Croatia as the best two teams in the group. You know, Croatia, they're coming off a World Cup runner-up run in 2018, and they've got, you know, a stacked midfield with, you know, Luka Modric and Rakitic and, you know, a few other guys. So Croatia's pretty good. You know, England has a really great front line. You know, they got Harry Kane. They got Raheem Sterling. They got Marcus Rashford. And, you know, they've got a bunch of other people on their roster. They're a very stacked team. You know, even with Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think he's going to be missing the tournament with injury. I still think their back line should be strong enough to hold up. You know, so definitely I think the marquee matchup of Group D is going to be looking at England and Croatia and that's going to determine the group winner and if if I'm understanding correctly I think that game is going to be at Wembley Stadium so I'm going to give England the nod just playing in front of their home crowd so I have England winning the group I have Croatia finishing second and then Czech Republic third and Scotland with four you know I think England and Scotland that has a potential for being maybe a testy matchup you know anytime you have two UK you know both England and Scotland are part of the United Kingdom. So I think anytime you get something like that going on, there's the, there's the possibility for crazy things to happen. But, you know, I think that England's going to be too good and they're not going to have a problem there. Group E, you know, you got Spain in there. We got Poland, Sweden, and Slovakia. You know, Spain obviously is probably the easiest choice to pick to win the group. You know, they haven't been the same Spain from 10 to 15 years ago that completely dominated international competition, but they're still a solid squad. You know, they got, you know, I think some of the only veterans from the World Cup winning team is Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba. So those guys are, you know, definitely on the older side. And, you know, so they're going to be relying on some younger talent, you know, like Morata up front and a few other guys. So I do anticipate Spain to win the group. But, you know, you can't really count Poland out. You know, they got Robert Lewandowski, who's probably, in my opinion, the best striker in the world right now. And he probably should have won player of the league in the Bundesliga. I think they ended up giving it to Holland. But, you know, I think Lewandowski is the most dangerous guy. And he can he can win any game for a team just based off how good he is, you know, but I do still think that Spain, you know, is the more complete team. So I have Spain winning it, Poland finishing runner up. And, you know, when you look at Sweden, I would pick them to finish third, but that's, you know, 
when I think Sweden, I think of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and I think that you know Zlatan got hurt towards the end of the season, so he's not going to be playing, and I think that that'll probably have an impact on Sweden. So for that reason only, I'm picking Slovakia to finish third in that group. But I mean, also don't be surprised if Sweden can you know still sh- you know show some fight even without Zlatan. And as we go into this last group, you know you're probably been expecting to hear certain names being brought up and it's like hey where are certain teams i haven't heard them yet and it's because they're all in this last group you know group f is definitely the group of death it's complete with france germany portugal and hungary you know it's definitely a tough draw you know especially when you look compare that group with group c whereas netherlands austria north macedonia and ukraine i definitely feel like there could be a team or two that could flip flop there to make it a little bit more even but you know that's just how the drawing goes i think france is the best team and i don't think i don't think it matters where they're going to be matched up with i think they're still going to be the best team you know their matchup with portugal is probably going to be the match like the game to watch of all the group matches you know Portugal's got an amazing offense with you know João Felix and you know uh you know of course Cristiano Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes and so they've got an excellent offense and I expect Portugal they have the firepower to be the highest scoring offense in the tournament you know Germany they're more of a younger squad their coach Lowe I think he's going to be done coaching after this tournament you know, Timo Werner, their striker, he had a pretty rough season for Chelsea. But, you know, if he can kind of find his form and, you know, they've got a bunch of other guys like Sergio Nabry and Leroy Son and Thomas Muller. So Germany's going to have a good squad and I expect them to do solid. But, you know, I feel like I think France is going to win the group followed by Portugal and Germany and, you know, Hungary. I think there's a real possibility that they can wind up with zero points just because they aren't a complete, you know, the other three teams I feel like are top tier, you know, clubs on the international level in Hungary just really has no chance. They're probably just going to be happy to be there. And if I had my pick to win the whole Euro Cup, you know, I'm going with France. They've got the most complete roster. And I feel like just with like with Spain, you know, 10, 15 years ago where they just had the best team and you couldn't really pick against them. I think they won two Euro Cups and a World Cup. You know, I feel like France has that kind of roster right now. You know, if you when you read off the names, you know, you got Mbappe, Benzema, Griezmann, Giroud, Conte, Pogba, Varane, Loris, Lucas Hernandez, like the list goes on and on, like Rabio, like the France is the team to beat you know I even with them being in the in the group of death I expect them to be able to handle it they're just to me they're just too good to fail in my opinion so you know I'm definitely going with France and I'm looking forward to a lot of good soccer you know it's I love summer breaks when there's when there's summer going or when there's soccer going on you know world cup or euro cup so definitely looking forward to that and i'll probably have that fired up on my espn plus app you know here and there to be able to keep an eye on the games i'm glad it's kicking off on a friday because it's a nice thing to you know go into the weekend knowing there's a a lot of sports to watch at least in the morning but on saturday evening it's not about soccer it's going to be all about blood sport Yes, there is a UFC pay-per-view, so we get to watch human cockfighting on Saturday night. UFC 263, headline between a middleweight title match between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. You know, this is a rematch from their fight in April of 2018, where Adesanya got a split decision. 
Adesanya's coming off a defeat where he tried to challenge and move up to the 205-pound division, fought Jan Blahovic, but wasn't able to get the victory, lost by decision. Meanwhile, Marvin Vittori, he's riding a five-fight win streak with re- recent wins coming over Kevin Holland and Jack Hermanson. You know, this is... Definitely a long time coming, at least for Vittori. He's been on a good run, and he's definitely the person that, I guess, besides Blahovic, that's been able to challenge Adesanya the most. You know, you look back, maybe Gastelum gave him a good match and stuff, but, you know, Vittori is actually the only person at 185 that has made you question whether Adesanya's won the match. I think that Adesanya has a lot to prove coming into this, you know, especially coming off of a defeat. He's someone that's on the cover of the UFC video game and wants to be, you know, has the kind of star potential. He has the charisma and the skill to be, you know, someone to transcend the sport. But to be able to do that, you need to be able to keep, you know, rattling off victories. So I think it's very important for Adesanya to get this win, to kind of keep his star rise on the ascension. So for that reason, I think that he's going to be ha- have the ability to keep this fight standing. And I think he's going to be looking to try to get a finish and try to get a finish as soon as possible. While I don't think he's going to be able to finish it in the first round, I'm calling for a second round TKO Adesanya. In the co-main event, we've got ourselves another rematch. This one is a rematch from December, uh, or yeah, December of 2020. It was UFC 256. It's for the flyweight men's division, 125 pounds. It's Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. You know, Figueredo for that fight, you got to remember he was actually it was just a 21 day turnaround from his previous defense. He had defended the belt, and it was a first round guillotine submission victory over Alex Perez. So he just looked so dominant there. They just booked him right away to headline another card, and he had his hands full with Brandon. Brandon Moreno, you know, Brandon Moreno is, you know, seeking to be the first Mexican UFC champion. He trains out of Tijuana. So, you know, he's basically like 15 minutes down the road from where I'm recording. You can almost argue that he's a hometown guy. You know, I moved down to San Diego. I was like, I'm basically in Mexico. So, yeah, hey, I'm a stone's throw from Tijuana. So I'm going to say, Brandon Moreno, you're basically the hometown guy at this point. And even though I do think you're the hometown guy, I think Davidson Figueredo, I think that he's going to be able to get the victory this time. You know, I think last time, like I said, it's it was a short training camp coming straight off of a defense and having to hop right into another one. I think regardless of no matter how well you did in the first fight, a quick turnaround like that is hard on anybody. So I do anticipate that this one's going to be able to go his way. And I have Figueredo wish winning by unanimous decision. And in basically, you could say the you know how there's a co-main event. There's basically another co-main event between Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz. It was this fight was originally scheduled to headline UFC 262, but due to a minor injury from Diaz, this got bumped to UFC 263. And this fight is you know important of note that it's the first non-title, non-main event fight to be given five rounds so you know this is the third fight on the card and it's gonna be a five round fight Nate Diaz he's making his first fight since November of 2019 and that's where he challenged for the bad motherfucker title at Madison Square Garden against Jorge Masvidal and that fight was stopped to a doctor stoppage just because you know Nate Diaz has been in so many wars I mean basically the skin starts hanging off his face once he gets punched at least six or seven times and the way he fights I mean he's he's not going to stop 
based off his own accord. I think his very first TKO, it took his corner to finally just throw in the towel when Josh Thompson was just teeing off on him. So Nate Diaz is someone that comes to fight, you know, especially for five rounds. I anticipate him not being tired, and I anticipate him bringing the fight to Leon Edwards. You know, Leon Edwards, for those people that aren't familiar with him, he's one of the best guys in the 170-pound division. You know, he's 8-0-1 in his past nine fights. You know, his last fight was against Bilal Muhammad, and it was an eye poke, you know, basically, uh, what would you say? It's a no contest, so that fight didn't count. But, you know, Leon Edwards looked like the better fighter in, you know, whatever we were able to see from that matchup. It made no sense to book the rematch. So, you know, they gave him a marquee fight here with Nate Diaz. And with Nate Diaz, he'll get so many eyeballs on him. Just there'll be people ordering this pay-per-view and tuning into this pay-per-view just to watch Nate Diaz. So Leon Edwards, you know, in turn is going to get a lot of exposure to himself. And I think people are going to, you know, learn a little bit about Leon Edwards on Saturday if they hadn't heard about him before. And, you know, hopefully this is going to be something, at least for Leon Edwards' sake, that maybe springboards him into a title shot. You know, I think that Usman and Covington too is probably the fight that's going to be getting set up you know, next, but I think with a victory over Nate Diaz and a dominant victory over Nate Diaz could definitely set himself up for if, you know, let's say uh, the negotiations with Covington go south, which knowing how Covington, how brash he is and thinking that he's, you know, basically the number one star in the UFC, those negotiations could very well fall through and Edwards could find himself in there. So, you know, no matter how much I like Nate Diaz, I mean, I have Nate Diaz in the introduction of my podcast. I don't think he's going to be able to get this one done. I think Edwards, he's the more active fighter, and I think he's the better all-around fighter. I think he's going to be able to avoid getting in a striking battle with Nate Diaz, and I think he's going to be able to just control the fight on the mat and you know just avoid damage from Diaz. So I got Edwards in a unanimous decision victory. And hell yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We got some soccer kicking off today at noon. We got some UFC this Saturday and just a couple days off of work for the weekend. All right, man. I hope you guys enjoyed what you listened to. You know, if you did, why don't you be a friend? Tell a friend. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate everyone that took the time to download and listen to this podcast. And I don't know if you could tell from the voice, I'm ready to start this weekend. I guess before I can start this weekend, I got to go dominate this workday. Let's just get after it, people. I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you enjoyed this show. I have been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster show. Hope you guys have a great one, guys. Peace.